African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Hey, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Good morning. A very cold Johannesburg studio right here in Auckland Park at the SABC. And um, very, very cold today. I'm like, oh, why does it have to be winter? Uh, But uh, that's not what we're talking about today. Thank you for joining us here on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. And uh, remember, we're on DSTV channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you're listening to us uh, on... uh, our website we are on www.channelafrica.co.za today our focus is on the young people of the african continent it's a big subject matter maybe something that we take for granted and because we just don't know the impact of this generations and today we're speaking about millennials also known as generation y i think i fit in between generation x and the millennials i'm not quite sure where i fit in because i was born right in 19 but according to researchers, this generation of millennials were born between the year 1981 and 1996, and uh, uh, they are the first generation in the new millennium. It also moves into uh, the years 2000 in terms of the demographic itself. According to the Africa Report magazine, millennials make up more than a third of Africa's population. Well, uh, just uh, when you look at the patterns of behavior, uh, the generation is known as living their lives uh, uh, that revolve around mobile phones. They don't really stay long in a company unless they are growing in various areas. And uh, slowly but surely, they're not just seen as that lax generation. They are now becoming well-known as change makers in their communities, also seen as that very innovative and forward-thinking generation. Well, to help us on this uh, particular conversation, we're going to be joined by the millennials themselves and also we've got uh, Motlabedi Mulauli on the line who's from the African Leadership Academy he's a student there and a TED talk organizer we've got Jack Mtembu very interesting guy who's an entrepreneur runs youth camps for high school learners to teach them about leadership skills and self-development and the story around Tabang Lamini is very interesting was another entrepreneur who runs a Tumamina courier service really using his bicycle to help elderly people in his community who cannot uh, access services and also run errands for them in the community. I think that was a very fantastic innovation that he started out. And in our studio, we've got um, Zwake Sikuta, who is uh, the executive director of the Southern African Youth Movement. Let me start the conversation in studio with you, Mzwake, in, in terms of uh, the youth population in 
in Africa, it's becoming a huge chunk. Uh, they are actually dominating the, the demographics on the African continent. But some people think this is a challenge. Some people think that uh, this is an opportunity for the continent. Where do you stand? Yeah, well, uh, we, are, we are in the era of what we call gener- generational um, uh, benefit, where the population has grown and it's more youthful, and that if there's the, the correct investment to the demographic that uh, that we have, we are going to have what we call democratic dividends, which mm-hmm. I think is very, very uh, positive. If you look elsewhere, other in Europe and so on and so on, they don't have the, the demographics that we have. It means that for, for growth and development, Africa stands a very good chance, but it's about how do we then invest in these demographics that mm. we have uh, so that it can contribute into in in the, in the socio-economic development of our countries and, and, and Africa as a whole. Do you think that we are actually really looking at this very serious issue of how we can actually invest into this particular generation? When you look at the politics of the continent, you don't really see a youth demographic featured strongly there. It's only in, in recent times where uh, it, it's happening in South Africa when you look at new emerging um, uh, political parties such as the economic freedom fighters in business we're still lagging behind people don't know how to really draw uh, this uh, uh, millennial uh, generation into its uh, uh, forward thinking um, setup so what are your thoughts around uh, investing into this uh, group yeah conceptually it means you have to look at how the youth development machinery response to the challenges of youth of today mm. uh, uh, basically how do you then prepare young people in the context of, of the fourth industrial revolution because sure. uh, we can do things uh, as we used to do before uh, i think the pace is uh, from the political side to respond to this is, is not as good as we anticipate why we acknowledge the fact that uh, from the police perspective we've got the african youth charter that has been put in place to guide how Africa as a whole needs to respond to that. Other initiatives such as the, the youth decade in the, in the SADC region, you do have the SADC Youth Empowerment Declaration that was adopted three years ago by head of state and the establishment of the SADC Youth Union at the level of the SADC to look at how best we need to move in. But uh, they, 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 we have got challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, the challenge is that how do you capture the imagination of young people uh, into programming. The the type of pro- programming we've seen is more charity-based programming mm-hmm. where we don't see these dividends as a resource. Mm-hmm. As a result, we are not tapping into it effectively. And as a, in future, if this is not uh, managed well, mm-hmm. we are going to have a situation where they get despondent and then start going in the different the different direction. You've seen how they've mobilized in Egypt, for instance, mm-hmm. with the Arab Spring. Sure. It's, it's, it's the question of saying that the frustration if you look at uh, now, the st- I mean, if you look at statistically, the International Labour Organization has also produced a lot of interesting statistics mm-hmm. that you have the most educated generation in history. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for, for our own development? How, how, how does that, what does it mean for our policy I mean, dispensation, the sure. policy direction that we need to take to, to, to capture that? I, I think that we need to, to do more. I think government needs to... Uh, governments needs to work different, even private sector as mm-hmm. well, to say, how do you then move forward in, 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 in addressing some of these issues that we have? All right, let me bring in the young people that we have on the line. I want to start uh, with you, Tabang. I really loved your concept mm-hmm. when our uh, producer was starting to talk to me about it this morning around Tumamina Courier Services. Apparently, you started this idea even before the Tumamina motto that was utilized by South Africa's uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa 
awesome. Uh, tell me, do you agree with this idea of uh, you being termed as a millennial or this uh, term of you just being a person who is uh, more oriented around social media and uh, being a person who's more uh, not really willing to stay the long haul in a company if you don't see your own growth and you're more interested about making societal uh, changes? What, what, what are your thoughts around being called a millennial, uh, Tabang? Uh, good day, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you, man? Thank you. Uh, so what I can say, um, I, I believe with the, our generation is a generation that generates income. Sure, go ahead. Why do you believe that? Yes. Uh, I believe, like, the youth of today, my generation, we really know what we want. Just that sometimes when we try to tell our officials or the government what we want, what things we want to do, sometimes they take us lightly. But now, I think it, we saw with my Titan and with our decision they're leaving. So then the government might come. I'm struggling with that line, but I'm hearing you very clearly, and I think we're going to try see where we're struggling with that particular frequency that's still uh, coming through. And I don't know if I can speak to the other guys on the line. Let me see if I still have Jack Mtembo on the line. He's a 26-year-old who's running youth camps that are acting as uh, uh, leadership uh, uh, development programs for high school learners. Jack, are you there with me? And I'm still here with you. Oh, fantastic. Jack, I, I hear what Tabang was highlighting, the fact that young people of today, especially millennials, uh, usually have an idea of taking their own initiative, th- taking things forward, and uh, uh, not waiting for someone else to to give them whatever they feel they're positioning in terms of their own vision for their own lives. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I agree with Tabang. Um, it's, you know... I mean, in those days, like, you know, in uh, before the millennium years and that, you know, um, the youth, there wasn't a lot of opportunities out there. I mean, we're living in a day and age of technology where we have access to whatever. If I want to learn how to code, I literally just go on YouTube and mm. learn that. If I want to learn how exactly. to photography, I have access to that. So we are living in a day and age where we can do whatever we want to do. And I mean, being placed and confined in a place where we feel we're not growing, um, you know, if we have to do things like the old way, we have to do internship and start literally by just doing coffee for someone, like, you know, in the office and that. We don't see that as conducive. We want to be in a position where we want to learn because we have active minds. We just want to learn and grow and just take, you know, take take initiative. We see a lot of things that are not right and we want to fix it. And we're not saying that we want you to, to give, give, give to us. 
you know, just give us the platform and give mm. us the opportunity and let us be heard to be able to do what we feel we can actually contribute to our society and our, our nations in, 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 in general. Well, let me bring in Masabedi Mulaudi, who's joining us from the African Leadership Academy. And uh, Mulaudi, do you think it's also the same for girls who are millennials? Do you think they have the same drive? I, I think it's not even a gender issue anymore. There, there is kind of uh, the same ambition between young millennials who are both male and both female. Thank you for the question. Um I think it is important, before I answer that question, to acknowledge that there are still discrepancies in how women um, and girls and men and boys are treated in society, and that influences how they will, in turn, incentivize their own initiatives to sure. uh, make impact on social change. So I think girls have just as much ambition as boys, and they are just as um, able um, to make, a, make social impact, to achieve social change, if they are given the right opportunity. So I think the question here is how do we make sure we are empowering women to make to uh, contribute to the leadership that this continent this continent desperately needs? How do we make sure we are giving them the opportunities to demonstrate leadership and we're not excluding them from the conversations that need to happen? How do we make sure that in the era that we're moving in to make sure that this generation is equipped to handle the challenges that um, the future is posing, we are empowering the entire population and not just half of it to make social change. Um, so the question really becomes about effort and initiative and um, deliberate um, uh, in action into sure. uh, empowering women and girls to make social change. Well, let, let me come back to you, Mzwake. Very interesting, very kind of confident viewpoints coming from all our three guests. And that, that just shows you the energy that this generation has. It's not just a wait and see. It's kind of, what can I do? And then we'll see where we take it from there after I've actually activated something. Yeah, well, I think uh, the, the, the truth of the matter is that uh, the, the young people are, inno- are innovative. And we live in a technology situation. So what I think is key for us is to look at what, what type of education system do we have in the field of science and technology. The jobs that we used to have, that we are going to have in future, I mean, in 10 years from now, uh, other jobs would not be there. If you're a driver, for instance, you might not have a driver in future. Yeah, sure. So it's a question of how you invest in, in, in technology. But I think for me, what is also critical is to look at the, the comparative advantage when you have in terms of development. Uh, for instance, in the SADC region, if you look at the coastal, we're looking at a coastal uh, st- I mean, stretch of more than 17 or 20,000 kilometers. Mm. But if you say how many boats that we have that are manufactured here, how many boat drivers, sure. how many, we, we, we have not tapped in, into that. If you look at the, the whole issue of opera- Operation Pakistan that we have and where we have, I mean, in South Africa, for instance, if you look at statistically, we, in the agricultural sector, we import prawns. Uh, when we have all that opportunity that we need to look at. So I think for us is to look at how to invest in the ocean economy. For instance, young people can participate in that. We also have to look at the infrastructure. We say that for us to do better as a country, you need infrastructure. Young people are there. They can participate in infrastructure projects. I mean, now currently we are assisting municipalities through young people. Mm. In the instant Cape where we have about 15 young people, mm. that uh, 15,000 young people, that we've hired through the Community Works Program to assist municipalities in distress. Mm. Uh, we've seen how many unemployed graduates, especially civil engineers. Sure, sure. So I think uh, for us, I think it's a, it's a question of how we move around uh, that issue because there's a, 
there's a high rise of unemployment is, uh, of, among young people. It's going to continue because of obvious factors of global economy not doing well and so on and so on. So it means that we, we now know we now need more innovative uh, strategies to actually tap into the imagination of young people. But 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 what is also critical is to see is to acknowledge that young people have got initiative of their own. How do you strengthen those initiatives? What type of environment conducive do you create for them to come in so that they can also uh, contribute because it's not about doing doing something for them it's about creating conducive environment for them to do th- things for themselves mm. well i'll ask that question after our break is there an environment that is created for young people to actually exploit the energy that they do have and the initiatives and uh, ideas that are within them and i think that's the big question especially considering the factors that mzwake brought to the forefront in terms terms of uh, the unemployment rate that we see in a country that has potential such as South Africa are we exploiting enough of uh, the the industries uh, within the society to actually make sure that these young people are fed into those uh, uh, various uh, fields uh, we'll deal with those questions after this South Africa, it's here. The inaugural Soweto International Jazz Festival 2018. It's a global celebration of Soweto from Thursday, June the 14th to Sunday, June the 17th at the state-of-the-art Soweto Theatre Festival Complex. Join Channel Africa as we broadcast live from the inaugural Soweto International Jazz Festival 2018. Channel Africa bringing you the African perspective. Yes, we'll be broadcasting at the Soweto Jazz Festival, the first of its kind, uh, tomorrow at this time. So do join us here on Channel Africa as uh, we bring you closer to that uh, uh, gathering that's going to be an annual gathering. This is the first of its kind in the hub of Soweto at the Soweto uh, Theatre. So we'll be broadcasting live there. Well, today we're speaking about millennials. What do they mean to the continent? Is the continent engaging enough uh, with uh, this uh, generation? of young people that are becoming a big portion of uh, the uh, continent's population. And I want to bring back our young people into the conversation. If you're just joining us, we've got uh, Mutlabedi Mlaudi, who is uh, joining us uh, from the African Leadership Academy. She's a student there, and also she's a uh, TED Talk organizer and convener. We've got uh, Jack Mtembo on the line, entrepreneur, who runs a very interesting concept where he has a youth camps for high school learners to teach them about leadership skills and self-development. Tabang is also on the line. That's Tabang Lamini, who is an entrepreneur running a Tumamina Courier Services helping elderly people in his community and not just elderly people but the community in order to access service runs, the errands uh, uh, using his bicycle. I think that's uh, very innovative. He was actually unemployed and actually started this particular concept. But I want to come back to you, Mutlabedi Mlaud, in terms of looking at this issue 
of uh, capacity and also the fact that are we actually utilizing the resources we have in individual countries to make sure that uh, we deal with this uh, unemployment deficit that we currently seeing in African countries. Young people are unemployed on the African continent and most of them are millennials. So really when you, we speak about platforms, they're not really created, are they? Um, thank you for the question. Um, I think the, the approach that we should take on unemployment is much, should be multifaceted. First, are we preparing young people to take on roles and jobs that uh, the market actually has? Are we preparing them for leadership in the marketplace that um, they'll be able to use their skills? So are we giving them an entrepreneurial mindset where they can solve problems and find um, employment instead of, uh, and create employment instead of uh, depending solely on um, seeking it? Um, secondly, um, I don't think we as the continent, um, as countries on the African continent, are making a deliberate enough effort to make sure that our young people are getting employed in the sectors um, that they should be getting employed in. For example, we, are we actually raising the age limit to um, countries in countries, for example, in Southern Africa, where um, the age limit for people in Parliament mm-hmm. is around 60 years old? Does mm-hmm. that mean we are creating the platform for young people to make the change that they need to in the countries that they are currently citizens of? Are we giving them the platforms where they can be responsible citizens of their countries and uh, to not just lay around with the skills that they have? So. Um, I think the question is really one that should be um, addressed in a multifaceted way. Mm. Your thoughts, Jack? I mean, we are dealing with a high unemployment rate of young people on the African continent. That's a big concern, especially that a portion of them are graduates. Yeah. I think, you know, um, you know, two, um, very important is, like, you know, um, jobs. I mean, like, you go to universities, there's a lot of courses that are offered, but, you know, um, you know, as much as, you know, are universities offering these courses for the sake of having people come to university or are they offering courses that will, are, they are, there is a need for them in the market and that, not that you're discrediting any jobs or that, but there's still some courses where you feel, you ask yourself, um, where does it, where is this going, you know? Mm. So I think also in terms of like, you know, uh, putting our careers there, looking at what is it that our, our country needs, you know, um, there's no use, I'm just giving an example, like there's no use saying we need a lot of accountants where we see that, you know what, we have enough accountants in the country and that, but we're still encouraging people to go with that. I think in a way, you know, especially with high school kids having to be the ones who have to choose the career path and that, you know, mm. they're not well guided in terms of, um, you know, what careers are in demand and, and careers that are actually in need. And as much as, you know, also a passion, I mean, I think another thing that, that's one thing that we do a lot at personal adventures is, you know, we want young people to follow their passion because as much as, uh, you know, there's a saying that, you know, passion does not pay both. But I beg to differ, you know. If you have a passion, it's something that you love doing, you do it well, mm. continue doing it. It will at the end pay you off. And, and that. so it will, in its way, create a job. Like now, uh, uh, like, you know, um, yes, from Tubangin. And like, you know, he saw something, he saw a gap in it. And something, I guess, I met him once uh, um, in, in, in a, uh, at an event we had in Kirlene. And, that. Okay. and, you know, from what he does, he enjoys what he does, and at the end, for what he's doing, it's actually giving him a sort of like some, some um, it's giving him an income and a job. So he's actually finding himself employed because he does something we, we, he, he enjoys doing in that. So I think just going back is just saying, you know what, um, going and actually encouraging young kids from high school already 
to actually choose career wisely and that and you know also very important to follow a pattern pattern will mm-hmm. always pay off at the end mm-hmm. i think that's how we can also tackle the unemployment rate in in the country I think that's also key, the fact that uh, we must also be job creators, and I think that's what Tabang was doing. Tabang, I mean, you, your story is very interesting because you saw yourself unemployed for a long period of time, and then you took your own initiative to actually become an entrepreneur. I'm sure it wasn't an easy journey to actually get to that particular point, eh? Yes, yes, it wasn't, because now... Uh when I had this dream and this idea of, 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 of opening a business called uh, a career service without any funds, like people, most of my peers and then the people around didn't believe we would, you know, I can actually do it. So first, like, I had to, to, to prove myself to people who would know I really, I, I'm really serious about this. Secondly, I had to end the trust for my family, my friends, everyone, for them to understand good normal. This is, 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 is a business that is, is, is going to, to be productive and going to create employment. Now, it happens with, uh, I first engaged with my friends, with guys. While we're waiting, it's catchy. Why don't we use this time we have? So we run their errands and then we get paid at the end of the day. So, so you don't work alone, Tabang. You work with also friends in your community. Yes, yes. I've also employed two other guys, and then uh, it's me and my four friends. Oh, fantastic! And for you, how has that changed your outlook on um, on your career path? Uh, what were you hoping to do before this idea came about? Has your have you abandoned your previous hopes for your? previous career maybe you were hoping to be something completely different to what you're doing now uh what 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 i can say is uh i i i only have a business really from uh, school when i okay. sell snacks in okay. Naranjal, but in Rinimi, what, hey, maybe school in. <laughs> so now when i must like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do I do in for Crescent Billion? And then I decided good no let me hold the gun running a scholar and then pursue business because then I'll be able to fund myself and be able to fund my, my family while in Logan Pocas and Pilong Logan in schooling. So I had to put in how can I balance in Piloyam? It's not one answer for everything, isn't it, um, Zwake? I know that sometimes academics don't work for us, all of us. Uh, it's not every graduate that's going to actually exploit, be exploited by the market itself. Tabang is a great example of someone who couldn't go to school but became innovative. What can I do? Came up with a, a very unique idea of starting his own business using his re- what he had in his hand, his, his bicycle, and started his own career um, services. But what is also of concern, like uh, Mutlabedi was highlighting, was the fact that we, we don't have enough structures in our economies to, to support these concepts and ideas that uh, young people have. I think uh, uh, for me, what is, I think is very, very critical is that when we establish the movement uh, in the early years and uh, we have, what, uh, 15 years of existence and 
we got a resonance. I think we met with young people all over the Satic region, and then we sat around and said we've got common challenges. And at the time, we did not have countries did not have national youth policies. Even South Africa as a country did not have, didn't have a national youth policy. We had to say how does how do you work with countries to bring to have uh, national youth policies and you have dedicated youth ministries that needs to look at those issues. Then we started the question of advocating for that and. Uh, we succeeded at the level of the African Union with the African Youth Charter. We're part of that. We succeeded at the SADC region with the SADC Youth, youth Empowerment Declaration, including in South Africa, where we now have all these policies. And then what we said, well, then what we said, what do you do with these policies? How do you exploit these policies to create an enabling environment for young people to, to triumph? And then those, those are the things that we've started to, to look at. And then we then said, let's look at concrete projects that can actually make a difference. Currently, uh, the, the movement has got about, um, we've got about over 26 offices uh, countrywide mm-hmm. and with an employment of over 180 employees, mm-hmm. professional, that are working with us on different uh, different uh, interventions. Just for instance, when we currently launch our inter- internship, uh, internship programs that we are doing in the Eastern Cape, because we are appointed by COCTA, the Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, mm-hmm. on the Community Works Program to work with young people in, in terms of creating what we call meaningful work in communities and what we find very innovative projects and then what we are doing now is to set up uh, co-ops and then we are providing a startup capital for about 10 million uh, to to assist young people to supply to us because we've got about 25,000 young people overall in the program that we 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 are employing on month-to-month basis to do this work under the community works program so there are a lot of innovative projects that that we've seen as well that uh, we think that Young people are so innovative, and if we tap into them, they can create space for them, mm-hmm. uh, for themselves, actually, in the economy. Sure. And, but the, the issue is, how do we actually make that circle bigger? That's, that's the question. How do we not just have um, a movement such as yours that is doing great work, but how do we actually make sure that this is a, a concept that's actually owned uh, uh, even in the private sector and in, in, in government? Yeah, what we're saying is that we need a multi-stakeholder sure. arrangement. Uh, we are happy with the, we are part of the the task team that is established by the presidency, where we have got the private sector and various working groups that are put in place to look at how, in the context of South Africa, for instance, mm-hmm. there are about eight different work, working work streams that that works and works on various issues, and then look at uh, with, in partnership with private sector as well, government departments and so on. Uh, but it's a question of how you implement your policies, the policies that. Uh, that, that we have and then how do you involve young people into infrastructure projects mm. if you look at the expenditure of municipalities mm. for instance in eastern cape they are returning almost three billion mm. back to the territory wow. they can't implement them sure. while we have young people who have got any who, who are energetic who mm. can actually participate in this project so mm. it's a question of dealing with those things jack do you think um th- you know there is a shift in terms of how government is supporting young people do you as a young millennial on uh, the continent or in South Africa feel like uh, I can actually have an assistance from a government body or uh, or do you feel like you're doing this thing alone? Um, honestly speaking, I feel like, you know, there is, there is support on paper, but I think practically when you go out and actually want to seek out the support from government, you don't really see it. So I wouldn't really, and I mean, like, for example, I can give example, I have a friend of mine who, who applied with um, one of with um, one of the, the funders in in housing, you know, he applied for for an application. I mean, he applied for assistance for him to help him um, write a business plan. I mean, that was in January, 
and it's sad to still say today he hasn't gotten the feedback that he needs from them. He hasn't gotten any assistance with that. And this is a young person who's saying he left, he was working, he left his job. He has a brilliant idea. He wants to start a business, but now he just needs some sort of assistance from the government. They're saying they have this kind of support, but they haven't gotten back from them. And I think that's what experience we're having. You go to government people, they're going to tell you that, you know, we've got a backlog. Yes, I know there's that. But I think the problem is realizing that we've got a lot of young people who are coming and say they need this assistance, but is they, are they needing that, you know? So there's a lot that has been said, but I don't really, we, I wouldn't say I've actually seen it from, from, mm-hmm. government, uh, from the government. So, yeah. And another thing I just want to also address, you know, sure. I've got, I know that there's also, you know, with the CETA, they have this whole internship program that is, um, you know, they want to have as, young, as many young people come to you, have internship programs running and that. Which is good, it's brilliant, but does it serve its purpose? Is, you know, is it just another mechanism just for them to say that we're reducing unemployment, but they're having young people sitting in companies and not really doing anything, not really learning anything? Mm-hmm. I think if, you know, if that's for them just to say that we have um, unemployment, we're tackling unemployment, but at the end, after 12 months, that very same person was actually having an internship program under the government, they still know, they still they don't have the experience that they were aiming to get. So... I think that needs to be still reviewed. I, I, I still think, you know, there's a lot of talking to impress people and, the, like, you know, to impress the, the nation, but there is not really action that's been actually taken in terms of that. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Mutla your thoughts on how you can actually bridge that gap between the young people themselves and, um, you know, government initiatives also, um, you know, for private sector to also be in line with the needs of young people? Um, I think um, on this, on the larger scale of um, the youth population getting more involved in uh, social change and achieving impact on, on in their countries, I think it is important that we have systems of accountability that will keep the bo- the governmental uh, bodies themselves accountable to the visions they set before the people. Because I think for the mo- for the most part, the vision is there, the plans are there, the policies are there. But as Jack was saying, it is a matter of implementation. So how do we make sure that we're actually implementing the policies that we preach? How do we make sure that what is on paper reflects in the everyday realities of the people walking down the street? How do we make sure that um, the visions that we have set in our governmental gazette and the theories that we discuss in our parliament actually reflect in our everyday life? So we need more bodies to keep the government accountable. We need more bodies to keep the private sector accountable because the vision is not lacking. It is just the implementation that is. Mm. Uh, Tabang, when, uh, what do you think in terms of, uh, I'm sure you're doing your thing alone and yes, you get you get the support of uh, your community, but what you're doing is also something that has uh, uh, social impact in your community. It's not just a business, but also benefits uh, the elderly, for instance, as you've mentioned, that uh, uh, that is uh, the people that you usually help in your community with your courier services. How do you think the government can actually assist, Taba? Okay, so Chief, uh, what I think the government should actually assist me with, actually, and so my, 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 my vision, my dream is Uguti, when, 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 like, I've seen Uguti, the three things we need as a youth. And these so. things work on the driver's license. Mm. Go to a passport because I never pay any lana, what you call. There's a corner when you want Avangana, 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 my IT, Egutia Kun. So, in a good initiative, Funukata won't come at ten, our Shade Makunin, and in 
fine. That's over a working experience mm. to good normal service. He, he, he refrain. Sure, sure. At least, at least, 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 but hey, when you, when you go and talk to people about <laughs> my government, it's mm. another story. They tell you hey, the laws, the principles, mm. and what, what, and what, what, but maybe in future they will help. Well, th- there's definitely a gap in terms of how young people are relating to the private sector and government, just the sentiments that you can hear there, Mzwake. Just in our last minute, how do you think we can bridge that gap much better? Yes, as they were saying, we do have great policies. Yes, we do have programs such as yours that do actually uh, do stuff on the ground, but there's still that feeling from young people that there is a disconnect between them and government and the private sector. I think the, we just need more better coordination, not only at national, uh, provincial, but at local level. Mm. Uh, we need more municipalities to be more organized. Uh, quite a number of our municipalities don't have youth policies. Yeah. We don't have youth forums. We don't have a proper exhibition. It's a youth yeah. month now. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to look at, uh, because what I think is important to capture into innovation, we, we, we do need to look at uh, exhibitions that must be promoted local, yeah. nationally, so that we can look at what are those ideas, that sure. the ideas of Tabang, how do you then support it to expand and, mm. and also benefit other young people. So for me, the first thing is coordination, which is very, mm. very, 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 very critical. Structures such as the South African Youth Council, mm. which is meant to serve young people, to be a bridge between government and young people, mm. needs to be supported. They sure. also need to come out uh, to say we are, we are here to serve. And become and accessible. Accessible. The, the yeah. National Youth Development Agents, last time I checked, they had about 180 offices countrywide. The youth chambers, we have mm. got a South African Youth Chamber of Comments. You just don't feel them uh, in, in uh, the communities. You, you don't feel them. I mean, mm. the question, if you have a youth chamber of comments, uh, it's led by a good friend of mine, where we have young industrialists put together, mm-hmm. uh, how do we then work with funding agencies mm-hmm. to make sure that all these things are there? Channel- so it's a question mm-hmm. of uh, government can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. The private sector needs to come to the party mm-hmm. as well to see how we can. So it's a question of mm-hmm. coordination. Well, thank you so much, Mzwake, for giving us your time. That's Mzwake Sigula, who is the Executive Director at the Southern Africa Youth Movement. Thank you for coming into our studios and giving us your time. Thank you, guys, on the line, our millennials that we were speaking to. Thanks to Jack Mtembu, entrepreneur, who has started a youth camp for high school learners to teach them leadership skills and self-development. Tabang Lamini, I think it's a fantastic idea what he started. The Tumamina Courier Service is helping elderly people and his community to access service runs and uh, he just runs errands for them using his bicycle. I think that's fantastic. We just uh, buy more bicycles for Tabang and his friends and uh, I can just see this going everywhere and helping so many people. Thank you as well to Matabedi Mulaudi as well who is uh, from the African Leadership Academy and also a TED Talk organizer, young person as well, joining us on the line. Thank you all for this very candid and very important conversation. We really appreciate you for giving us your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. What are your thoughts? At Channel Africa One, that's our Twitter handle, or at African Dialogue. Engage with us. We've got a Facebook page called Channel Africa. Uh, We still want to enlarge uh, the Channel Africa family, so do go to those handles.